0: And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgeway. I am your host, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Sabrina Victoria. Sabrina is an entrepreneur at heart. Her company, Human Better 365, is the catalyst behind her community her nation. She focuses on building confidence, finding your voice, and stepping into the real you. Sabrina works closely with solopreneurs who are striving to hit six-figure years in order to help them build out the structure they need to streamline their time and take their income to the next level. For over a decade, she has strived to get people the tools they need to rise and human better. She's a speaker, author, host of her talk show, founder of Sober Society, and has built and co-built multiple six- and seven-figure businesses in her lifetime. She now dedicates her life to helping others rise mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically in order to find real wealth in their lives. Welcome, Sabrina Victoria, to the Spotlight on Speaking show.
2: Yes. Thank you so much, Brett, for having me.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you here today because we were talking a couple, three weeks ago, Sabrina, you know, in in anticipation of doing this interview. And you just have a fascinating backstory that I would like to share with people or have you share with people because I feel that it's truly an inspirational story that has a message that other people need to hear. So I'm just going to open the floor up to you initially to tell a little bit about your backstory and then we'll get into your speaking journey in a bit.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, while my story, while I was living out my story, I did not appreciate my story whatsoever. So, you know, I do tell it with some vigor in them now. Um, however, you know, during it, it was a very dark, depressive, anxiety filled time in my life. Um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness I got pregnant at the age of 20, and that was really the huge pivot in my life that changed the trajectory of everything I had envisioned for myself. Um, When I say I got pregnant, I got pregnant with no husband, emphasis on the no husband part. And because of that, um, being raised as a Jehovah's witness, um, my entire community and my entire immediate family cut me off, just dropped me like a hot potato, basically, um, as soon as I announced that I was keeping my baby. And I led this stereotypical single mom just broke life of absolutely no money, Um, digging in my couch cushions for 25 cents to put gas in my car, eviction notices on my apartment door, real dark thoughts of suicide, and just having no like financial fortitude on how to dig myself out of the situation that I was in living literally less than paycheck to paycheck. I mean, I had a rolling balance of like negative $172 in my bank account at any given time. Um, Soon after that, I met a man and I thought that man was given to me by God because he had money. And I ignored all of the red flags. And within a very short amount of time, I fell hook, line and sinker for all of his little tricks and they weren't uh, presented to me as tricks. They were presented to me as gifts. For instance, um, you know, leave your place because you can't afford it anyways, move into my place and just keep house. Uh, why don't you quit your job because your job sucks anyways. And why don't you work for me and we'll build an empire together. And um Side note, come work for me meant fourteen to sixteen hours working, making about two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars a week, and still broke, still living paycheck to paycheck, still having zero money in my account at the end of every month because I'm paying for daycare, I'm paying for gas, I'm paying for insurance, I'm still paying for things, ah, uh, so still broke. And long story short. After eight years, I turn around, we've built a business from about 100,000 a year to well over a million a year. We have five houses paid in full, 12 cars paid in full, zero debt. Nothing is in my name and I still have no money, literally no money in my account. So I one day was on the floor in the bathroom just having a total mental breakdown. At this point, the mental abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse and financial abuse was times 10. And I was having just a total breakdown in the bathroom, the kind where you're crying and you're screaming at the same time. And I Googled, I always say, Google saved my life. I Googled, why is my boyfriend bullying me? Cause I didn't know any other vernacular other than the word bully and this entire world that I knew nothing about narcissism, empathy, codependency, um, lack of finances, um, no confidence, no self-esteem just hit me right in the face. And not only did I recognize that there was a ton wrong with my partner, there was also a ton wrong with me. And all of a sudden I got presented with this realization that a person can know a lot of things, right? I could sell, I could be in front of tens, hundreds of people presenting. Um, I could create sales tactics. I could create marketing flows. I could hire, I could train with confidence. Yet there was this whole other part of my life that I was completely blind to. I had a complete blind spot on real healthy communication, real healthy relationships, uh, boundary setting. And it, just kind of hit me of like, you think, you know, all the things in life and you don't know anything. And so it kind of led me down this journey of personal development of being better, making myself better. And I opened up a secret bank account. Soon after that, I started three online secret businesses. And over the course of four years, I was able to collect 50 grand, which does not seem like a lot of money, but I felt like a millionaire. And just one random day, I literally just ran away. I took my son, our clothes, and my bicycle. That's all I took. I left everything else behind. I started all over again with a mattress on the floor. And now I am fully dedicated to allowing a space for individuals to get educated on things that they did not previously know that they didn't know.
1: Well, you know, the lesson there in my mind, Sabrina, is it's never too late to find your voice and to, you know, your past doesn't determine your future. And so you can overcome even the most severe of negative situations and truly become an inspiration to others. So thank you for sharing your story. So I want to talk about your speaking a little bit because you mentioned you, you know, even when you were in those dark times, you were doing presentations and speaking and all that. So you know, how, how far back do we have to go to you, your quote first speaking engagement? And what was your topic at that time?
2: Yeah. You know, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So I've literally been speaking door to door basically since I was like five years old. Um, First time I was on stage, I was probably 12 in front of a congregation of about 100, 120 people. And I You know, my speaking has just kind of progressed from there. My ex and I, the one that I was speaking about, ran sales crews. So, you know, those sales crews were anywhere between 20 people to, you know, 70 people in a room at one time. And, teaching sales, you know, sales techniques, um, getting up and and even doing presentations, like real life presentations of what sales looks like in front of a room full of people. And the interesting thing about my story is when I shifted into running sales crews, it's a male dominated arena. Uh Uh, We were doing door-to-door straight commission newspaper sales back then which just sounds like, it sounds like prehistoric. Just, just
1: shoot me. <laughs>
2: yeah, it sounds prehistoric now, but that's what we were doing. And so, you know, when I say speaking, I'm not speaking in front of a co-ed room. I'm speaking in front of a male dominated, 98% of these people are men. Um, and keeping the attention, Um, keeping the energy and keeping the motivation at a level 10 in order to, to motivate these individuals.
1: So let's segue Sabrina over to your, your current company, human better 365. How do you use speaking to help build your brand and build your company and reach out to more people to be of support to them?
2: Yeah, all the time. I mean, anywhere that I can and every chance that I get, Um, getting in front of a room, whether it's virtual now or in person, but incredibly important. And that's one of the things that I talk to my community about all the time is perfecting a speech, perfecting some sort of a lecture, workshop speech is incredibly important for your entrepreneurial business journey and learning how to share your story in an inspirational uh, way with a moral or with a twist into the niche that you are now teaching in and how the emotional connection between yourself and the person that the people or person that you are talking to is what creates the vibration towards your industry or towards your business.
1: So how do you build that rapport? How do you make that connection?
2: I mean, emotion is what I work off of. I know a lot of people don't do that. There's all different kinds of speeches. I mean, there's informative, there's um, inspirational, there's transformational speech uh, speeches. Um, and I think there's even more than that. I think there's maybe five or six. Um me myself, I use more of an inspiration or a transformation type spiel, uh, encouraging change, encouraging pivots in people's lives. Um, and that's kind of what I teach myself, you know, as or teach my uh my my community to do is to go more that realm of hitting the emotion. I believe that humans are emotional beings. I believe that we connect through emotion and we buy through emotion. And that's really where my, you know, expertise lies.
1: All right. So do you consider yourself, Sabrina, to be primarily a keynote presenter, a platform selling speaker, or just a speaker who uses it as a business building tool?
2: I would say business building. Um, you would probably be able to answer that question better than I would actually. But yeah, I um, when at the end of pretty much everything that I do, as far as speaking goes, I'm always pulling people into my business, pulling people into my community. I'm not necessarily selling. uh, But there is always a, like a a CTA, a call to action at the end of all of my spiels to join us, join us in this journey of join my community to, um, my vision is to create the largest all-female community on the planet. So I'm fully dedicated to that.
1: So how do you measure the success of a speech and not in terms just of the percentage of the audience that decides to join your movement or whatever, but what makes for a, an impactful speech and one that you said nailed it?
2: Nailed it. Um, I mean, look, I can feel it as a person, but of course, the vibration of the audience, the claps. Uh, I have had a couple of standing ovations uh, in my uh, speaking journey thus far. I do hope to have more. That, that is always, you know, a feel good feeling. For me, I mean, the amount of people that come up to me, right? If if a handful of people come up to me afterwards when I'm uh, down in the crowd or throughout the duration of the conference or the event or whatever it is, and uh, does more than just good job, but actually sits and says, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this was so inspirational, oh my gosh, you know, that hit me or, or whatever it is. That, I mean, that's obvious, but that to me... Um, is a feel-good feeling to let me know that I did a good job for sure. What
1: tool or tools do you use, Sabrina, to get your speaking engagements? What works best for you to land more speaking engagements?
2: To land more?
1: Yeah.
2: Ooh, that's a good question. So, I mean, I'm online all the time. I know a lot of people don't necessarily resonate with that, but I'm online, I am constantly speaking to an audience of some sort, whether it's through lives, whether it's through podcasting, whether it's through panels, uh, my social media, my reels, my stories, and I'm also posting all the time. So any previous speaking engagements that I have been on, I cut those, chop those, and I'm repurposing them consistently so that people can see me. And the idea is whether, the person holding the event sees, or somebody else who's involved in that event sees, which is usually what happens. I can get pulled into, you know, different events or different conferences to speak on in some level, whether it's mm-hmm. um, like a keynote type, where it's just me on stage, or on a panel of women, which I've done that too. All
1: right. So you mentioned you have an audacious goal of building the largest women's network out there. So how large? How large is her nation right now?
2: We're actually just at the cusp of 2,000, so we're two and a half years old, and we just uh, hit 1,900 members three days ago, so we did a nice, big, awesome celebration for that, And we're well on our way to 2000. So super excited about that. And within Her Nation, there are several different areas. There's, we host a mastermind. We do Wisdom Studios. We have a networking group that we do. So there's a lot of different things within Her Nation to really create community amongst each other.
1: All right. So going back to the speaking specifically, what maybe would be your three biggest tips that you would advise an aspiring speaker of that would help them have greater success in whatever realm of speaking they're doing?
2: Practice, 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 practice. When I first started, um, well, when I first started on my own, right. As a coach, let's just put it that way. When I started on my own as a coach, that was different because with sales, with my church it was just like part of the thing, right? At the, With Jehovah's Witnesses, is just part of it. You don't, you don't like ask. They're just like, okay, you're part of this. It's time to get on stage and they schedule you out and you just get on stage. Same with sales. It's like, that was my job was to be in front. But when I was on my own, running my own deal, you kind of like have to create it yourself. You have to like find these things yourself. You have to like prove that you're worthy of so I actually, this might not work for everybody, but when I first started, I was in the, in the um, coaching arena of narcissism. So I spoke a lot to females in distress, domestic violence, and I would just go to women's shelters. I would Google up women's shelters within like a 10, 15 mile radius of myself and um, ask to speak, you know, in homes, in shelters in facilities, and then also sobriety to uh, really sharpen my speaking skills and my Q&A skills, right? Because I think that that's another thing that's very important. You know, some of these events, a lot of times open it up to the audience, live QA, which I think is so amazing because it really allows you to be able to connect directly to the audience so much more powerful. Um, But being able to be quick-witted enough to answer those questions, you have no idea what they're gonna be in an intelligent way, I think is a, a very strong um, trait, that's not the word I'm looking for, but trait to have uh-huh. in order to um, be able to get onto bigger stages. And you know, those are free, you can do those for free. They're always looking for somebody and that creates the uh, the confidence in you. It creates the content which can then put you into other events and conferences.
1: All right, so number one is practice. And it sounds like number two, number three could be practice, but give me a different number two, if you would.
2: Ooh, oh, okay, cool. So practice. Um, number two, I mean, I always go up with at least one piece of paper, I know not everybody does that, but so that I stay on task, I always go up with one piece of paper with my bullet points. So sometimes it's three bullet points and sometimes it's seven bullet points. It just kind of depends. Um, you know, are you, are you a
1: PowerPoint or then? No.
2: Um. Yeah. I have done PowerPoints. Not always. I'm actually kind of changing the way I do things now. I'm, I'm trying to become more of a storyteller and I'm trying to bring humor into my, um, into my spiels and kind of acting too. I just recently, the last two that I did, I'm actually kind of more performing on stage while I'm speaking. So like during my story time, I'm actually kind of like acting out, like little bit acting out while I am doing my spiel to see the engagement difference. Mm -hmm. To me, it was a huge difference in the way that I showed up for the audience. And it was a huge difference in the way the audience responded back to me. That was actually two of the standing ovations I've had is during this new way that I'm doing it now. Mm -hmm. But uh, even with that, I had notes, you know, one of the most frustrating things that happened to me at one point is me feeling like I had my entire spiel memorized, which I did. But then at some point while I was up there, totally going blank, like literally just blank. So, you know, having some sort of note card or anything that you can kind of pull out, refer to, nobody really cares. You know, if there's a podium, I'll have a piece of paper. If we don't, I'll just have a note card of some sort that I can just kind of flip up really fast just to make sure I'm going in the correct order. And that just really makes me feel more confident. And if you look to people like Tony Robbins, they have huge binders and huge notepads and they have screens all over to keep you on task. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be mindful of that. It might look like they don't have notes, but a lot of times these people have notes. That's why they can flow so nicely sure. and they All don't right. ever hiccup. So, um, so practice, I take bullet points up on stage with me. Number three. Ooh, what is number three? Um I mean, I would make sure that I I eat well. I take care of myself, you know, a week or so in advance. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling light. I'm feeling non-bloated. I'm feeling confident in my skin, my body. Um, I really harness health, to be honest with you. Okay.
1: All right. Very good. All right. So I have some other questions I want to ask you, Sabrina. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we are back with a spotlight on a speaking show. And my guest in this episode is Sabrina Victoria. So, Sabrina, my, one of my favorite questions to ask my guest is, okay, it's time to bury your a little bit here. Maybe share an embarrassing moment in your speaking career where, you know, you were blushing at the time, but it was a valuable lesson for yourself and something that you would highly advise an aspiring speaker not to do.
2: Yeah. I kind of already shared it. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it was, I literally forgot what I was going to say. I was gung ho, uh, in the middle of a spiel, probably 15 minutes in or so it was probably like a 30, 35 minute and just I'm, I'm like all motivated. I'm all inspirational. I'm on a roll. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know. I don't even know. I went totally blank and just stood there just stood there like and then what happened is the anxiety starts to kick in of like everyone knows this because I do pauses I do do Uh long pauses in my spiels on purpose Uh um it was it became obvious that it was not just a pause it was like there was something going on. So after that, like few seconds of like maybe five seconds mm-hmm. pauses, you know, that I do, or you know, I usually do maybe three second pauses or whatever. But there was like it once it got to like five to seven, I was like, oh crap, they know that something. So then the anxiety started to kick in. So then I was more like, oh my gosh, what are they thinking of me rather than thinking about what I should be thinking about, which is what's the next thing I'm supposed to say. So I literally had to like readjust. I had to uh, apologize. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Just give me a moment. And I had to like turn around to like kind of close the audience off to myself and re- like kind of visual so I'm a visual person which is why the bullet points work for me so I had to like visualize my actual pieces of paper and like where I was in my spiel to like pull up the next bullet point of what it was and it was probably only like 20 seconds or something it was like 20
1: minutes though didn't it
2: but it feels so (laughs) yes but then I came back with just as much vigor and vim and everything was fine but I'm sure I was blushing. I know I was shaking. Like I was, I got for probably about a good five minutes after that, I was visibly shaking, uh, because I let myself, you know, think too much. You have, when you're doing stuff like that, you have to just trust that like you intellectually just know what's coming up. You can't be in your mind. You have to just be in the flow.
1: All right, so as we wind down to the end of our time together here, Sabrina, I'd like to give you the floor for a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what you do specifically and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose.
2: Yeah, so we're working on building the largest all-female community on the planet. It's called Her Nation. Her Nation has two different containers in it. It has the teachers, mentors, coaches, and then it has the audience or the students And it's a beautiful synergy because very much what I was telling you before, we all are experts or authorities in an area, right? We can all teach thoroughly in an area, but it doesn't mean we can teach thoroughly in all the areas. So what it's creating is this teacher student concept of Yeshua powerfully in all the things you know, as an authority and show up vulnerable in areas that you're not so good at so that another teacher mentor um coach can show up powerfully for you so it's a really awesome synergy that we are creating it's women supporting women micro and then women supporting humans macro because we're able to take it into our community and We host all kinds of things. We have a mastermind that we run. Um, We do podcasting panels, events, and stuff like that. But it's becoming a really beautiful place to be. And I don't remember what the other part of that was. Where
1: where are they going to go online to find out more information if they're interested?
2: Awesome. So my website is easy. It's my name, sabrinavictoria.com. And when you go there, you can see and find all of the other things, all the communities that I run and my social media.
1: All right. Very good. All right. Well, I want to have sincerely thanks Sabrina for joining me in, in this episode of the spotlight on speaking show. Thank you everybody for listening or watching today. If you haven't been to spotlight on please go there and register via your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network we look forward to seeing you next time on the spotlight on speaking show until then our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business